Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What's good, Internet? I know it's been a while, but we're back, baby. If you need a refresher on what the Mobile Syrup podcast slash Syrupcast is, it's a mobile podcast by Mobile Syrup, Canada's largest independent tech website, which we look back at the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. This week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup managing editor, Patrick Over. Patrick. What's up, Igor? We just spent, like, I don't know, I'd say 45 minutes trying to figure out our podcast setup, but we figured it out. I think we got it. We grew as people. We learned a new skill. We did. We also put in place a new system, which hopefully means the podcast will be very consistent from now on. Um, So I'm excited for that. Last but certainly not least, we also have Dean Daly. Dean, how are you? I'm good. And thanks for having me, Igor. It is our pleasure to have you. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about MWC. It just happened last week, concluded. There were many phones, many notches, many foldable phones, some conspiracy theories, one might say. Um, we'll touch on conspiracies because if there's one thing that we enjoy at Mobile Syrup, Pat, it's leak drama. Am I right? I love leaks, especially about uh, the P30. Yes. <laughs> the phone, the phone, that, that, the phone that we've seen. In, in almost all of its entirety, but that uh, does not well, exist. This does not exist yet, officially. Um, and then we'll also, uh, it's S10 day tomorrow. Uh, Pat plans to have his review up, uh, in which he will probably recommend the phone, but who knows, he might not. No, uh, well, there's no embargo, right? So I can talk pretty, nope. pretty openly it's about it. It's going to be a mystery until the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> until the second half of the podcast. Until the second half of the podcast. It could be terrible. We don't know. We just don't know. All right, so Dean, you were at MWC. I guess the best place, as usual, to start is, how was it? What was your experience like? What did you see? What did you not see? Mm, I think that's a better question. So MWC is quite crazy. I enjoyed it. I was the only one there from Mobile Syrup, so it was a lot of work. But uh, it was a fun experience, and I saw so many different phones, and uh, so many. I saw a foldable phone here and there. I saw... Phones with two screens, uh, a phone completely encased behind glass, which was just the screen, the OnePlus 5G, whatever. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, wasn't there another phone that was behind glass, too, that you saw? Th- that was the foldable phone, the Mate X. Oh, but the then, Mate X. Then okay. I saw it afterwards, yeah. yeah. Um, saw some laptops, saw like this crazy spider thing that was like a robotic spider that worked with 5G and was owned by Ericsson. Uh, there, there was tons of crazy things there. And I would go back again, uh, just not for one day. I was only there for one day. Um, but that's because a lot of the stuff for us happens before the show, right? For like sure. The press conferences and keynotes. Yeah, and I got embargoes. some embargoes, hands-ons, uh, some like conferences, as Pat just said. Almost all of them happened before MWC actually starts, so I, I got to see some of those. But the actual show floor... Uh, 
it's just so there's like seven buildings you have to go through uh, to see to completely see everything and there is no like way I could have completely see the whole thing everything in the whole one day if you think that's big CES is like six times the size it Which, blew my mind the size of CES. yeah that's mind-blowing I can't that was the biggest conference I've ever been to and uh, I can't wait to eventually go to CES one day anyway what do you two think? Uh, I guess starting with you, Pat, and then we'll go. Actually, Dean, let's start with you. Um, what do you think was the biggest announcement out of MWC? So I would have to say the biggest announcement. Uh, it's, it's not my favorite announcement, but the biggest one is definitely the Madex because. You sure it wasn't uh, the G8? <laughs> uh, no. Um, but it was definitely the Madex because it was a $3,000 foldable phone with uh, 5G that. Nothing can top that in terms of it's like a huge phone announcement. Yeah, so I think that is in some sense the elephant in the room, right, Pat? So I suppose we should uh, start with that. Foldable devices. Here's my question for you. Here to stay or a fad like 3D TVs? So I think, I mean, every time someone asks me like how I feel about the foldable devices that were revealed, so I think they're really cool. I think they're going to come with a number of compromises, particularly the Galaxy Fold, Samsung's mm, foldable that phone. Crease. Can't wait to see that crease make it bigger, <laughs> make it more pronounced. Continue, yes. I don't think they're a fad per se, but I do think it's the same thing as when a new television technology comes out. Mm-hmm. So uh, people made a big deal at CES about LG's foldable TV. It kind of goes into this box and it folds up. Mm-hmm. Um, and people made a big deal about the fact that this isn't mysterious technology that's coming in the future. This will be out very soon. Mm-hmm. People will be able to buy it. But I think the one thing that a lot of people missed is that it's going to cost like 10 grand, 15 grand, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, that's one of the big things to note about foldable phones is that yes they're going to exist yes i totally think we should be happy that there are devices with foldable screens even with the compromises in mind but they are going to cost a crazy amount of money for the foreseeable future right so the question i have for you dean is uh just a follow-up question to that is um in the presentation, because you were at the presentation right do you think um it was richard Yu of huawei doing it Do you think Huawei made a a compelling argument for why you need or want or should want a foldable phone in your life? You know, because I think that's the big thing is that the use case hasn't been like, oh, yes, this is like, like not even Samsung. Samsung was like, you can multitask three apps at the same time. (laughs) It is mind blowing. Yeah, there's there's there doesn't seem to be a reason for it to exist yet other than it's cool, which is completely true. And uh even for the Mate X, which, in my opinion, was a little more preferable than the Samsung phone, and only because when you fold the Samsung cover cover phone, like it only has a 4.5-inch screen, I believe, on the front, mm-hmm. whereas the Mate X has the full 6. Point, it's, like a, it's like two phones, basically. You have the 6.6-inch phone on the front, and then when you open, unfold it, you have an 8-inch tablet. Which is very cool. Uh, I don't think anyone needs that right now. I even when after watch, yeah, even after watching the presentation, uh, I didn't. It wasn't something I ever want in my life. Uh, maybe in say a few years when they can lower like, the prices lower and the technology is more developed, mm-hmm. it's something that 
is more like something more people would want. It's something that people would feel like I, I actually desire this phone. But now they like now with these price tags reaching over over three grand, uh, it's a not use. It's not worth it because mm-hmm. it doesn't. Well, it does nothing that your phone already doesn't. Exactly, and for I, much less money. Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that I want one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, like for me, I personally do not want one. I think that uh, I never liked tablets in the first place. I like, and my phone screens are big enough. I was one of my phones I use has a six point five inch display. I think. And which one's that? Oh, I don't want to say because I might be wrong. Because <laughs> you get the wrong size. I think the the size well, might be wrong. I think I think the. I mean, the size doesn't matter. So yeah, just yeah, continue, the, yeah. The Note Nine has a big six point four maybe, but it's um, like it's unnecessary. All these foldable phones right now, at least. I like TCL showed us their foldable display. They had um, it wasn't on an actual phone. Like it was on a prototype prototype device. But they're like, hey, no one will want this if we release it right now because it will be too expensive. So we're going to wait until 2020 so we can lower the price a bit and then we'll launch it, which is something I kind of admired because uh, they weren't trying to be the first to launch something. They were trying to just they were want people to actually buy their phones. Right. So, yeah. So I think that was interesting because I think, you know, Richard, you he. He, I, I can't, I don't know what he exactly he said of the uh, Galaxy Fold, but he in, in, essentially, excuse me, he essentially intimated that it was bad. Yes. Right. I think what is more impressive about the Galaxy Fold is that it's two thousand dollars as opposed to this is Canadian, right? I believe it's nineteen. Sorry, it's nineteen eighty American, right? Yes. So twenty four about twenty four hundred Canadian, right? Um, Roughly. yeah. Uh, and then what is the American price of the uh, Mate X? It's like, I, I want... I want to say 290 I have to check it. Uh, whatever the price, right, um, it is significantly more expensive than Galaxy Fold, right? And I think yeah. from that perspective, it is way more, the Galaxy Fold is way more impressive, right? Like, it is... Yes, it is $2,000, but, you know, the difference between $2,000 American... And so it's 2,600 American is the made up 2,600, right? Like $600 gap is that's like an entire another phone. We also don't know yeah. if it's coming here, right? The made so no, they, they both are coming. So the made X, so Huawei wants to launch the made X in Canada, but it only comes in 5G. There's no 4G model like but they'll, this. they'll just release it here and like future proof, exactly. If as long as carriers are okay with it. Because okay. carriers may not want to launch a 5G phone without... Well, this would, so just this wouldn't to, advertise that it's 5G would be my assumption. Yeah. Yeah, so just to be clear, it has a multi-mode modem, so it can 100%. do both yeah. LTE and 5G. Yeah, but... Yeah. But we know for sure that, that they're both coming, especially the Galaxy Fold. Yes, especially the Galaxy Fold. We just don't know when. When. I think the last thing Samsung told me was that they're going to announce stuff later this month. Yeah. Regarding when it's coming. So I think the most interesting thing, though, about these phones is that they didn't let anyone touch them, right? So you, yeah. you just got to see them. So I got really close to one. Uh, like, I could I could have probably tried to sneak a touch, but mm-hmm. I might have gotten yelled at. Um, because I was with uh, 
I was with a few Huawei execs who had the phone in their hands, and they were letting us take pictures and try to get really close as we can, but we weren't allowed to touch it. So I wasn't allowed to actually hold it, or I couldn't do it hands-on because my hands were never on the device. You, the you were time. allowed to do an eyes-on. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it, it looks nice, but I don't know how it feels, and I really want to. Like, I feel like this, especially... I feel like it might be a little heavier and it might be like it won't feel as premium as other devices because of the tech like the glass they have to use well it is in the glass plastic, plastic, yeah. yeah yeah the plastic they have to use on the display um will not feel like our phones the premium phones we're used to one of the things that i'm interested in is what the actual fold portion looks like right um because i i got to use the the royale i can't flex something i can't the remember what it was called. the flex pie yes the royale yeah. flex pie and one of the things that I noted about it was that the actual fold portion of mm-hmm. the of the screen looked like crap. Mm-hmm. Like it looked all crunchy and weird. And I expect it may look better with these two other devices because um, they're obviously from more notable, reputable manufacturers. But I think there's still going to be issues with that fold. So from the looks of it, and I saw it fold maybe t- at most 10 times. But from the looks of it, it looked fine. Um, the, like the folded portion, but how like Wally says it will it will last you. But I don't. I want to know. Like I want to test it out to see how much. Like how many times can I really fold this phone for the display when it's unfolded to not have any creases? What happens in cold weather too? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not especially. saying phones freeze, but they get cold and you're folding pl- plastic. Like uh, I wonder what happens in that situation. Yeah. I mean, so certainly there was a very interesting article in Wired where it was. It was talking to uh, uh, Corning, which is the maker of Gorilla Glass, right? And they're like, trust us, we've been working on this problem for a while. Okay, so right? there, there are people that are aware that Canada is cold. Oh, well, <laughs> no, specifically, you know, they're like, we're Folding. trying to adapt glass to these phones, right? Because glass, it doesn't scratch as easily. Um, it is, It doesn't crease is the big thing, right? Um, and I think what you're going to see with these phones is maybe there's going to be a couple early adopters who buy it, but I feel like they're going to be really disappointed with them because one the like screen is going to deform but two when they start using that software and i think that was the second part of why they didn't let you try it they're like oh it's just emui you've seen this before on other phones right um but when it's like the os starts to like freak out because it's like well that that was another thing with the flex pie right like that was my big observation was like okay this is super cool i love that this exists but practically using it just like i opened up i don't remember it was a browser and it and i unfolded the phone and it just freaked out like it it couldn't expand to the right size mm-hmm. and then it was in the wrong orientation and then it crashed so yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's quite interesting you know like that these manufacturers like google has said we're gonna figure this out right it's gonna come with android um sorry nine yeah or it's 10, 10 excuse me 10, yeah um they just needed to wait a couple months. Yeah, and, which yeah. is what, like, again, this is what I really liked about TCL. Like they just decided they're going to wait. Like, yeah. Why launch something that's not like we're not ready to launch it yet? You know, there is something to be said about like getting this out to consumers and like really like getting feedback, right? Because there's only some like I, I feel like everyone at Samsung is like a yes man. Uh, they're like, is this a good idea? Yes. Yeah, well, it's, there's also like a race, sort of like an arms race to it too, right? Like they don't want to be caught left behind. Um, Huawei reveals a foldable phone. Samsung doesn't. People start mm-hmm. asking like, 
is Samsung not the king of Android smartphones anymore? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, certainly probably Samsung feels the pressure at this point. There's a perception thing going Especially on. Especially since uh, Huawei, I believe, has made it to the second most mm-hmm. like, high shipments. Yeah, in the, out of all the phones. Like, it's above Apple now. Um, so I feel like those two are especially trying to race things first. Like uh, Huawei launched their P tw- uh, P20 last year of three cameras, but Samsung launched an A50 or A something with four cameras. Now they're trying to do foldable phones, and I can't wait to see what's next. I want a foldable <laughs> phone with 12 cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, like, the idea of too many cameras really hits a, a note, especially after, like, I, I saw the Nokia Pureview 9. Did you get to try it? Did you I try did the try camera? It. Yeah, I did a, hand, a bit of a hands-on on that. And um, five cameras, uh, it seems unnecessary, but it did some pretty cool things software-wise. After, like, after you take the pictures, um, you can adjust a lot of depth stuff. It was pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, foldable phones, those are... Some crazy stuff. So was there anything else, I mean, besides foldable phones, were there any big trends you noticed? Trend-wise, uh, 5G. Everyone was wanting to do something with 5G, like LG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We launched their V50 5G. Uh, Samsung had their 5G phone there as well. I didn't get to see it, but they had it there as well. Huawei launching their 5G phone. Uh, it just looks like an S10, I think. Their 5G oh, one, like a thicker Samsung S10. One, yeah. it's a, it's I, a, I haven't seen it either. I've just seen Renner. Oh, it's just an S10 variant. Yeah, it's yeah. an S10. Yeah. Of, I think uh, it's bigger. Though, it's 6.7 inches, yeah, because it needs to be bigger to fit these 5G modems. Just tape it onto the back with like duct tape. <laughs> yes. Also, not just... Like, it needs a bigger battery because it oh, has to yeah. power two modems. Yeah. Uh, and there's more heat, which is what I think with the V50, they like they made a big point about, like, it has a heat pipe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so was there anything particularly in 5G that you wanted to mention that you saw there? So Ericsson took me through some 5G stuff, so they're not 5G phone-wise, but they took me in to see some of their 5... They had a whole section dedicated 5g they had 5g running through that section mm-hmm. um as soon as you leave the section you there is no more 5g or their wi-fi or anything anymore but um they had some really cool things like they showed me a, a demo of like a hol like me speaking to a hologram like uh so say like like communication wise so i was on i had a headset on Mm -hmm. a vr headset on and i was talking to someone who was across the room and they actually only used wi-fi for that but they were like hey this is what 5g can do Mm -hmm. um and they showed me all these different things with 5g it was really cool i think i think that's pretty commonplace now like when i was at ces intel had a lot of stuff like that like vr demos that were running off like a closed 5g thing yeah just in the convention center 
it's been a while since we've recorded our last podcast, but if you go back into the archives, um, I think Dan and I joke about this. At Qualcomm, there was this slide at the Qualcomm Tech, um, tech Summit. There was like use cases for 5G. Yeah, this and is from the, Hawaii, the, the Hawaii. Yeah, there was Ghost Dad. And essentially it was like, oh, you can use 5G to teleconference to a telegraph <laughs> or to, a te- um, to holograph, excuse me. And it was an army dad who looked like, because he looked like a Star Wars ghost, it was like, oh, it's, it's a ghost. They're talking to <laughs> a ghost. That's great. Right? Yeah. Um, I will try to dig it up for the show notes because it's just excellent. Well, I think what a lot of this stems from is just the simple fact that, like, okay, 5G is coming, um, Canada 2020, the U.S. sort of now in, in some ways. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, we don't know the use cases yeah. for 5G, well, that's what I was gonna right? say. We like, don't know what it's going to be used for. So all these companies are spitballing trying to come up with a reason for 5G right. to exist. Right, and, you know, like, a lot of it is, like, they're trying to sell carriers like not that they need to sell rogers bell and tell us because they've clearly already bought the kool-aid yeah right like <laughs> um but it is a big investment for everyone who wants to take part in it right you know there's a lot of infrastructure to build out i had an interview with ericsson and nokia and the most interesting thing they had about 5g um to me was about actually about gaming how 5g can be utilized in gaming how instead of I watch professional uh, esports. I watch the Overwatch League, and they were saying how you'd be able to control exactly what view you'd watch instead of having to like use the. So, for example, if I am watching a character fight someone else, like I could switch to different perspectives mm-hmm. and be able to do that with low latency, do that very quickly, not have to. Usually it's the people who, like who control the watch league who like the broadcasters. Yeah, it's usually the broadcasters. Thank you, who are controlling that. But with that, um, with five G, you'll be able to do it yourselves, mm-hmm. which is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, it's weird that they both actually came to that. They both mentioned the same thing. I've heard that from other people too. Where five G seems like a big uh, selling point of five G is entertainment. Like you'll be able. To, to do a lot more things entertainment wise of 5G. So imagine yeah. watching, imagine cooking up a, a camera to a basketball player basically and then watching them shoot, like when they're in a game, watching it from their point of view instead of from the over, like overhead. Yeah, and I think part of that is, is just the entertainment angle is really easy to sell to people, 100%. right? Where it's like Ghost Dad is a difficult concept to it's sell a, it's to It's a people. practical thing. Like it's a practical get. thing. And it's also. One of the big things with LTE was that, hey, like, you could start watching Netflix on your smartphone, right? Yeah. Well, like, like it, it seems like so, like, well, of course, like, you could do that, <laughs> right? But, like, it, you kind of have to step out of this current moment we live in, right? Go back, like, you know, when did the first LTE phone? Like, remember when the uh, the it, iPhone 3G was a big thing, right? It was an HTC It was phone. HTC. I can't remember. Evo 4G, I think it was. Something in like 2008 that. or 9 or something like, like that. 3G was very much for picture messaging. Right. That was like the but revolutionary thing back then. There was the, I mean, we didn't see that evolution with, I mean, we did in some sense, but not with the iPhone because the first iPhone did not come to Canada, right? Yes. You had yeah. the iPhone, which was on edge, then the iPhone 3G, and that was like, dear God. You, this phone is actually usable, right? We live in the future. We live in the future. And then, you know, the iPhone got 4G. Um, 
So it's really hard from this moment in time because our internet speeds are so fast at this point, right? Um, to really appreciate 5G. 5G, the exclusive purpose is streaming 5K porn. That's the purpose that no one has come up with there yet, you, I think. There you have it. That's kind of the most interesting thing about uh, all these 5G uh, like demos they had is that they all the quality, like the quality of the VR and all that stuff looked really bad. So it was cool that you can you can be in all these different perspectives, but uh, it was all in like 720p well, or 480 it, it, because... All, it's all stuff that would like typically run off Wi-Fi, right? And they're just switching over to this like closed 5G network that they've put yeah. together for this demonstration purpose. Yeah. So it's not like the actual products that they're using the 5G connection for are, are like way in the future or anything, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, Apparently, some of, like, 4K isn't ready for 5G, and I've heard that a few times, and I don't really understand why that's the case, but uh, that's something we should probably look into. Like, I imagine a lot of it is, like, compression. do, uh, well, also, do carriers want to stream 4K? <laughs> They're already, yeah. like, really upset when, you know, like... Anyway, that's a that's a discussion for yeah. um, Why don't we shift gears, um, Dean? Feel free to jump in with your own questions while we interrogate Patrick about the S10. Now is the moment of truth. Patrick can talk about the S10. That's what I'm here for. Um, Pat, overall, what were your impressions of the S10? It's a good phone. Um, there so, you have it. We can stop the podcast. <laughs> that's, Thanks for listening, everyone. That's more or less what my review um, says that I'm, I'm still working on. I'm, I think I'm going to give you the first draft shortly after this podcast. Um, I would say I'm looking forward to it, but actually not. I am. <laughs> it's, it's, quite, it's quite long. You won't uh, be after you see it. <laughs> it's, so it's a really good phone. I found very few issues with it. The performance is great. I think the Infinity O-Notch is really unique. It gives the S-Series an identity for the first time in a while. Great wallpapers. Sick wallpapers, yeah, too. I like the Bender one. I'm currently using this, this awesome one where it's just an iPhone XS Max turned on the side. Yes. <laughs> it's the camera notch. Um, there's very few issues with it, right? Like, I think this phone is the perfect embodiment of where high-end Android devices are right now. They're really, really good. There's very few issues with them. Maybe there's a few things that like the phone could have done better. For instance, um, low light performance isn't the greatest, mm -hmm. particularly if you compare it to the Pixel 3 with Night Sight. I have a comparison shot in my uh, review. Um, the camera still creates very saturated, fake-looking images that mm -hmm. look great. So it really comes down to what you want out of a picture. Mm -hmm. But it's expensive, right? Mm -hmm. That's... The big drawback is that it is cheaper than that Galaxy Fold. Yeah, okay, it's cheaper than a foldable phone. Actually, the top model S10 with one gigabyte of RAM and sixteen gigabytes of RAM. Sorry, and yeah, one six, terabyte. Yeah. yeah, one terabyte. Um, that's the, actually the, the plus, right? The ceramic one. Yeah, the ceramic plus. That's like twenty five hundred dollars Canadian, outright. So, like a fold. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like that was the thing that I kind of struggled with with the review is like there's just, there's nothing really wrong with this phone. Like it's great, it's good. There's few there's other things that I can nitpick about where like uh, I'm not a big fan of the curved edges. I never have been when it comes to the Galaxy S series. I think they're useless. Dean will disagree with me. Um, and when I'm watching video or something like that, I often end up with false presses. Like I'll, I'll be watching YouTube, I'll turn the mm -hmm. phone into landscape, and the video will disappear, and I'll be like, what the hell? Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. It's because my palm touched the side. And it, and it stopped the video. 
Um, I think, uh, so it's interesting you mentioned that, and I think it really speaks to why we're seeing these foldable phones, right? Because it's like, all phones are good now, right? So how do you differentiate them? You create a more expensive phone. <laughs> yeah. But it, I do think more so than any Samsung device released in the last little bit, I think that the uh, the S10 definitely has more of an identity just because of that, that notch. Like mm -hmm. people will be able to instantly identify that this is the S10 as soon as they see it because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and not a notch, like the Infinity O. The anti-notch is what people are calling it. I think I referred to it as that a couple times. Um, and then there's also the S10e, which I thought was a pretty interesting device. It's very much Samsung's answer to the iPhone XR. It's the, the, the Samsung S10 for everybody, right? Um, but it has a few drawbacks, like it doesn't have the in-display fingerprint sensor, which I can talk about that in a little bit. Um, I didn't have a great experience with it at first, but then it, it kind of worked itself out. Um, but the thing with the S10e is the fact that it's expensive. Still, mm -hmm. it's a thousand nineteen dollars. Like that's a lot of money for a phone that Samsung is still positioning as entry level, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you could make the same argument about the Tenar, which was one of my favorite phones of last year. Um, so yeah, even entry level devices from entry level high end devices, because Samsung obviously sells other entry level phones, um, are quite expensive. So, what are your thoughts on the hole punch? I, is I this think the future. So I, worse I like it. I like it more than a notch. Um, I don't think it's any more distracting. I don't think it's really any less distracting. But I do think that it looks cooler. Mm -hmm. uh, the cutout's super crisp. There's no screen degradation around the actual um, the cameras. Whether it's the S10 with one front-facing camera or the S10 Plus with two front-facing cameras, uh, apps generally just uh, scale to to fit it in. There were a few things that looked a little wonky, like Instagram stories didn't really look right. Uh -huh. But I think some of that stuff's gonna gonna sort itself sort out. itself out once the phone's released and and developers um, update their apps. Yes, yeah, Samsung is working with Instagram to make it look better, like make everything look better okay, on the cool. app. Yeah, which is funny you note that because even on the Note Nine, which I, I'm using as my primary phone, uh, Instagram like stories look like are really bad because of yeah. the edges. It's yeah. So Not as bad as Instagram on the iPad, am I right? Oh man, that's <laughs> Instagram on the iPad is just a little window for for anyone who doesn't know that. Oh, okay. There is no native Instagram iPad app. Yeah, so it's basically the iPhone app on the iPad screen. But I, I don't know. Generally, I really like the Infinitio. I don't I don't have any issues with it. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's definitely different, which is something that uh, Samsung needed. It gives the phone an identity. Um, the camera's fine. There's no issues with it. Low-light performance is a little disappointing in some situations. Um, but overall, it's just like there's nothing really wrong with it beyond mm -hmm. the price tag, right? So if you're willing to shell out the money, um, it's a great phone. But I think something that's worth noting um, is that you, you mentioned before off the pod that the S9 got really cheap towards the end of its life cycle, yes. right? Yeah. So that could happen again with the S10. Yeah, so I think, um, so, um, you know, you had mentioned you're not sure if the S10 is going to be the best phone of 2019. And I think what's important to keep in mind is, you know, the S9 was quite, quite a bit cheaper. Um, and Dave 2D of YouTube fame has a great video on why the S9 was a really good phone. The and man that put a, a MacBook in a freezer. Yeah, yeah. I love, love that video. It's so good. Um, in any case, if you're in the market for a new phone, wait a couple months, and I think the S10 is going to be really like much more affordable than it is right now. Anyway, now we get to shoutouts. I'm just going to start us off. 
My shout-out goes to one Tim Apple, formerly known as Tim Cook. He was at the White House yesterday when Donald Trump called him Tim Apple for whatever reason. Uh, and in the ultimate subtweet, he changed his Twitter handle to Tim Apple. Good stuff. That's a good good one. Um, so mine goes out to Respawn Entertainment for dropping a Battle Royale game that everybody initially hated and now many people love because they've actually played it. Um, I know a lot of people wanted the developer to release Titanfall 3. That obviously wasn't going to happen. Might still happen um, after Titanfall 2 sort of being a critical success but not a commercial success. Um, but uh, as far as free-to-play games go... Um, Apex Legends really respects the player. Uh, it's extremely well-balanced. It takes sort of uh, some gameplay elements from games like uh, Battle Royale, Fortnite, uh, Battle Royale from Fortnite, um, PUBG, and even Overwatch, though I think Dean disagrees with me on that as he's shaking his head at me. Um, but in general, I, I really, I, I like the game. I think it's, it's far better than I expected, and I've put far too much time into it over the last couple of weeks. Um. My shout-out goes to Nintendo. I'm stealing Patrick's uh, Switch Minute because Nintendo and the Pokemon Company revealed Pokemon Sword and Shield. And according to one newspaper in Mexico, Pokemon Gun as well. And I'm very excited. I've seen the trailer for it almost every day since it came out. And I've watched several breakdowns of the trailer and the map. Sick. Cool. Uh, so once again, thank you for listening to the um, Mobile Syrup Podcast, otherwise known as the Syrupcast. We'll be back next week when we'll probably recap recent uh, CRTC going on. So until then, make sure to follow Mobile Syrup at Mobile Syrup on Facebook, or Facebook, yes, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Pat, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke. You Dean? can find me on Twitter at DeanCWDaily. This time he remembered. I actually just looked it up. And it's um, not because you're a big fan of the CW. I am not a big fan of the CW. No. And I'm just at Igor Bonifacic, or uh, known to some people as Ebor Bonachachik. <laughs> uh, that's me signing off. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.